welcome to another episode of Yoga for the Revolution, a show about self-care in the age of resistance. Just a heads up, I do mention the recent events in Parkland, Florida. I don't go into detail. It's not a whole big thing, but if you are saturated with that or you're not able to hear about it at all, please take care of yourself. Because to be fair, I don't want to talk about the school shooting in Florida. I don't want to talk about the fact that after 17 people were gunned down at a Florida high school, the state legislator voted 71 to 36 just on Tuesday against a measure to consider banning the sale of assault weapons. Just against considering it. I don't want to talk about that, but here we are. I don't really know how not to talk about it. I have guilt about not having already addressed it in some manner. To be honest, I could stick my head in the sand on this one. I think it's a real challenge to approach because there's so much emotion, there's so much passion, there's so much pain and grief. I'd kind of rather talk about the Olympics, but I do want to talk about commitment to action. I'm not interested here in rehashing the tragedy because Look, there are a ton of reputable places you can go to learn the facts about gun violence in this country and how other countries have helped to curb mass shootings. And this is all multi-layered. If we think that the origins of sexual assault and violence or racially motivated violence and hatred, if we think those things have nothing to do with gun violence, those are all separate issues, that's a mistake. I think it's worth thinking about the people committing this violence, namely young white men, and ask why. Look for underlying causes. Look for commonalities and address those as well because we can't ignore a whole set of people. We know that from history. It doesn't work out. And we can't ignore this set of people even if we don't agree with them because everything that's going on right now is related. Time's up on all this shit. So here's where I think we can get a little micro macro. Here's where I think the tools of yoga can come in handy. How do we respond when tragedy strikes? Do we choose to hide our head in the sand Some instincts would tell us to do that. Do we choose to temper our outrage or to go full throttle? Where does our energy go in that moment? And let's also ask, what's the difference between this piece of news and a still appalling but different feeling piece of news like the recent take on the Internet Research Agency, who've been pumping out an internet full of vitriol and propaganda on behalf of Russia in an attempt to destabilize the country? to prey on our most base instincts and fears to further divide us. Both stories are horrible. Both affect the future of our country, our culture, and our humanity, but may engender quite different reactions, or maybe not. But in both these cases, many, many people are devastated, horrified. We don't like living in a place where these things can happen. And we have an initial reaction, and then perhaps we strive for change, So I'll come back to something we've talked about on the show before. Outrage and sustained commitment to change. The outrage and anger we feel when we hear a piece of news or information is one kind of energy. And the sustained effort it takes to commit to change is a whole different kind of energy. 
been watching the Olympics, so it seems right to use a sporty type metaphor here. Think of sprinting versus long distance running. These are completely different skill sets and they require different muscles, different mental attitudes. When you're sprinting, you push through the pain, use the pain to propel us at full force as hard and fast as we can go until we fail. When going long distances, we pace ourselves. We breathe differently. We recognize the pain and discomfort and focus instead on continuing. The fire that comes with outrage might propel us to immediate action, to sprint, to tweet, to shout, to march, to protest, and that's important and necessary and good. But then what happens at the end of that sprint? If we get tired or distracted, and no one's saying that distraction is, you know, an iced lemonade and a beach chair, that distraction might just be another horror show in the news that triggers another fiery response. And all these fiery responses are likely valid. So we see something about the Mueller investigation and the fire ignites. We defend our position on Twitter. We post on Facebook about how Trump's days are numbered. We sign a petition and we donate to something. And then a week after the Parkland shooting, Florida lawmakers refuse to debate assault rifles. But of course, take the time to make sure we all know they think porn's real dangerous. And the fire is ignited again. We tweet, we retweet, we get on Facebook and repost Stephen Colbert's monologue. We talk to our friends about how we always hated Rubio. Mix in a healthy dose of grief, of despair, of anxiety, and those emotions tend to douse the flame or at least add a flickering, mobile distraction. And under these conditions, it can feel nearly impossible to sustain. A sprint grabs attention. The fire of protest can be inspiring and heartwarming and hopeful. Overall, though, if we expend all our energies on sprint after sprint after sprint, we will be outrun by the tragedies of our time. So how do we become long-distance runners, marathon runners, Ironman triathletes? Before we get to that, I want to pause to say thank you for listening to the Yoga for the Revolution podcast. I also want to say welcome to any new listeners. I know we have some new folks out there. If you haven't already, you can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or Pocket Cast. Please do rate us if you are so inclined. It's super easy. Just, you know, hit some stars, write some words if you like. You can always find all our back episodes and all our future episodes on yogafortherevolution.org. Also head to the site for our show notes. I always link out to resources that we mentioned here. Today I'll link out to Everytown as well as uh, Robert Wright's newsletter, which is called Mindful Resistance. And that helped in part inspire this post. You can always talk to me on Facebook at facebook.com slash yogafortherevolution. I have a post up there asking for your input, so that's always a great place to let me know what you think, or follow me on Twitter at Y underscore F underscore T underscore R, and look for Yoga for the Revolution on Instagram. So how do we take the flame of outrage and learn to tend the fire well enough so that it lasts us through the night? I I don't... uh, I, you know, uh, I don't know, but that's why, again, sometimes I hesitate to speak about like this incredibly important stuff because I'm just a person, but I will tell you what I do. I look to the tools of yoga. Surprise. For me, this is when I come back to action versus reaction. I come back to Arjun and Krishna. Arjun was afraid and confused and did not want to do his duty 
but he kept his dharma in mind. He had to take a long view and let the immediate emotions of fear and confusion take a back seat to the commitment to a better world. If we can keep our commitment front and center, stay focused in the present, breathe, this is how we can be powerful. The only way to endure, to sustain, to last a long time, in my mind, is not to think too far into the future, to not think too much about the past, to be aware, of course, of your context and surroundings, but incredibly committed to being in the present moment. So I'll ground this in a common meditation experience, which to me is, it's really nothing more than a commitment to remaining in the present moment among distractions. That's what meditation is about for me. In the case of meditation, my personal goal is to feel the experience of breathing. That's it. Right now, that's, that's my goal. Be present. Just feel what it feels like to breathe and live in that experience, in that moment, amidst distraction, which of course can be external, sure, but honestly, those distractions are mostly thought, mostly just in my own damn head. I feel the experience of breathing, and then I remember something I was supposed to do, come back to the present moment, jump forward to what I'll do when I'm done meditating, come back to the present moment, discover myself in the middle of a reverie about a conversation I had days or months ago, come back to the present moment. And why? Sometimes I ask myself, why the hell am I doing this? I mean, for me, at least right now, I don't always feel good about my meditation. I'm not at peace. I don't like feel zen, like I'm about to levitate. I'm often really frustrated about how often my mind wanders. So, you know, sometimes I'm like, oh, I don't want to sit here and do this for 15 minutes because it feels, it can feel sometimes like a waste of time. But I have to remember it's the practice of doing it. For me, it's exercise, it's weightlifting, it's marathon training. It hurts like hell sometimes, but I'm training for something. And it helps me to think of the news this way too. Our world, the context of what's going on. Commit to the present moment, whatever that goal is for you. Getting out the vote for midterms, making sure that marginalized voices are heard loud and clear, working with local groups, getting out of our own way, whatever it is, commit to that. Commit to working to stop gun violence in this country. Commit. Commit to something. And when you're outraged, yes, of course, feel that and then come back to your commitment. And when we are depressed, feel that. Never stuff it down, ignore it, but then come back to your commitment. Be angry, but before tweeting, retweeting, hashtag, and jumping up and down may be helping, but maybe creating more of a distraction, come back to your commitment because we're all practicing. We're all training for the Ironman because it will still take endurance and lung capacity and patience and commitment to make change happen. Not by setting it all on fire, or setting a ton of little fires everywhere we see fit, but by staying focused amidst the distraction of Russian propaganda, of NRA-funded politicians, of small-minded men who fear their time is coming to an end, because their time will come to an end if we stay focused. And I say this to you because I need to hear it too. I say this to you as an encouragement that maybe I needed to hear myself this week when I wanted to put my head in the sand and turn on curling and 
the speed skate, which was really exciting actually. But you know, when I wanted to just ignore everything and kind of give up, I needed to hear that this focus and this training, coming back to this goal, staying committed in the present moment will help move things forward if I can just stay focused. So that is what I am encouraging you to do as well. Feel all your feelings. Don't ignore them. Maybe don't fan the flames by getting in a cycle of tweet and retweet, unless that feels healing to you. But I would, I would posit to say that for most people, it doesn't feel healing. It feels tumultuous and it doesn't help. It just is frustrating. Now, unless you have a specific message that you're pointedly and focused on getting out there, again, that can be part of your goal. But take a moment to come back to the present moment. Feel what it feels like to breathe in your body in that moment. Feel all of those things and then decide how to come back, how to come back to the commitment to move forward. Is that binge watching? Is that tweeting, retweeting cycle? Is whatever it is you're going to do, is that moving the cause forward? And look, sometimes moving the cause forward isn't painting protest signs. And sometimes it takes the form of, I need to go to a yoga class or I need to do some healing on my own so that I can function in the world. So don't judge your commitment. Know what it is in your heart. Always come back to the commitment. And until next time, keep breathing and live to fight another day. Soldiers and Nixon's coming.